Attention, all dog lovers. Welcome to Canine Educators to Save a Life. Lewis Pastor once said, Chance favors the prepared mind. You'll hear motivational stories and learn life-saving skills to save the life of your dog. At Canine Educators, your host, Odie, helps you prepare for whatever life throws at you. Now, here's your host, author of Canine Medic, Eric Odie Roth. My name is Eric Odie Roth. Did you know that hundreds of dogs are trained every year by prisoners? The goal is to either make them more adoptable or to prepare them to become service dogs. Well, in this podcast, we are going to actually interview an inmate who trains dogs, typically from no-kill shelters, to become service dogs. But before we get into this interview, I want to dig into a little bit of facts. So, in my opinion, it's apparent these programs do save lives. Many of these programs, the dogs come from either high-kill shelters or no-kill shelters. Typically, these are dogs with behavior problems who would otherwise be unadoptable. Well, these dogs are trained by prisoners who can dedicate all of their time to rehabilitating the dogs. Typically, after several months of training, most of the dogs are able to be adopted into families. And some are even trained for service dogs. One of the best examples I would have is for my pal Lon Hodge and his late service dog Gander. Now, this next little fact might surprise you. Prisoners actually have higher success rates of training service dogs than volunteers. Prisoners are able to devote much more time to training than volunteers who train dogs in their homes. Being raised in the prison environment also makes the dogs more adaptable and, for sure, better prepared to adjust life as a full-time service dog. One can only imagine what life in prison is like. Volunteers who train dogs for the leader dogs for the blind program in Michigan, they have about a 40% success rate. Puppies raised by prisoners have a 70% success rate. A New York program, Puppies Behind Bars, has been more successful than traditional training. The program actually had an 87% success rate compared to the 50% dogs trained by volunteers in the public. Now for those of us that have dogs, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we benefit from being around them. Even prisoners who aren't training the dogs, they show a reduced depression, anxiety, and blood pressure just by sharing space with the dogs. Tension is eased between guards and prisoners who are training the dogs as they have something to talk about. And overall aggression goes down inside the prison. This definitely makes it safer for everybody. I think it's important to note that inmates are screened first and they must earn their privilege of becoming a trainer. Programs first screen each applicant. For most programs, any inmate infraction in the last 12 months makes them ineligible. Any infraction occurring while participating in a dog training program permanently expels them. Now, there's also a monetary benefit. Training a service dog can cost upward to $30,000 to train a service dog. Since prisoners are exempt from earning minimum wage and often work for only dollars a day, programs are able to save thousands of dollars training each dog, which means... More dogs can be trained for the same amount of money, and the waiting list of people wanting the service dog can definitely shrink. Well, I think in life there's times when everybody deserves a second chance. Obviously, these dogs are getting a second chance. We know what the alternative may have been. However, the inmates are more likely to be productive citizens after release. Inmates learn skills to help them succeed once they re-enter society. They do have better communication skills. 
reporting, commitment, self-discipline, teamwork, leadership, and definitely empathy. Inmates who have worked in dog training programs are much less likely to return to prison than those who don't. Current research shows that 70, between 70 and 86% of inmates who have partnered with a dog training facility, they remain out of prison, compared to only 50% of those not involved in a dog-related program. So now let's listen to the interview. Our instructor, Dan Ponce, will ask some pretty tough questions. What originally made you want to be part of domestic pups as a dog handler? Uh, in the beginning, when I saw the dog handlers and in the Nebraska State Penitentiary where I was sentenced to, I saw the guys with the dogs walking around. And I've always loved animals. I've always loved dogs, particularly. And I saw these guys walking around with these dogs, and i seen these dogs doing these to me at the time seemed outrageous things. Um, and I was really intrigued about why they were doing these things and for what purpose. And there was a gentleman there in my housing unit that had a dog and his name was Landon. Uh, he was a silver box head lab. And I approached this gentleman and I asked him about the dogs and about the program. And he explained to me that the dogs were being used for service dog purposes to do seizure response and um, balance mobility type things. And I never known that a dog could do anything like this. So through the process of the department, I requested to be a dog handler, not expecting to be considered and to be approved. However, domestic pups approved me and accepted me. My, my intentions for being a dog handler were due to a lot of surrounding why I was in prison in the first place. Um, I was going through a lot of emotional and mental uh, issues due to my crime. And my crime, um, just to give you a little outline, I, I had taken a life. And my thoughts during that time of incarceration were, what can I do to somehow redeem myself in the public eye? And I always thought that, you know, I had to do something to make up for this wrong. When I saw these dogs doing the things they were doing and for the purposes they were doing them for, um, it was, I had to give a life back for the life that I took. And so for me, you know, giving somebody back their, their independence, you know, in any way possible was my way of redemption. Uh, it's the way I looked at it. So to see these dogs doing these things for these people um, and to help these, these disabled people particularly was my way of looking back at what I had done and what I can do for someone else at no cost. Training these dogs, being a parent and raising a child is like being a parent and raising a dog or training one for that matter. Um, the challenges that come with it, the difficulties, is when we're when I'm given a fresh dog that absolutely knows nothing, um, the very basics are the challenges. Uh, sometimes just teaching a dog his name or her name. Um, the rewarding aspect, though, is once that dog learns that one command, and then going from that one command and building on that, uh, as I've been taught, uh, as a building block, you know, from just the sit command all the way up to, you know, saving somebody's life in a immediate seizure. 
um, and looking back at all of the different aspects that I had to go through with this dog to get that dog to that very point. My basic day of training is getting up in the morning, going to the kennel, expecting my dog to behave as he or she should before I even open up that kennel door. Um, getting that dog out, brushing them out, uh, giving them the opportunity to play, feeding them. My basic training throughout the day from that point is taking them to my, my cell uh, inside of the department. Um, starting from the, from the minute we hit the door, up the stairwell, down the hallway, to the cell door. You know, that dog from that moment on is taught every different command imaginable for a person who is disabled. Whether it's to switch, whether it's to sit, whether it's to wait, whatever it may be, whatever command that dog is being required to understand and know. Um, all the way until the end of the day when that dog goes back into its kennel and, you know, I get ready to start the day all over again. Unless the dog stays in my cell. <laughs> can the dog stay with you? Yeah, sometimes they can. Good. How has being a domestics pup day handler impacted you? Ooh. Emotionally, it's given me my, my dignity back. Um, I say it time and time again, the dog teach me more than I teach them. Uh, that dog relies on me for everything and anything from morning till night. So it's, it's taught me responsibility, um, self-respect, um, independence of my own self. Just like I teach that dog to give that person, that recipient back at their independence, that dog is giving me mine as well. It's helped me to put that one step forward each and every day. It's really taught me to grow up. The dogs have taught me to grow up. Uh, to, to be able to look to someone else for help when I used to be so self-reliant self on myself, no matter what the cost. When I'm you know, emotionally upset, when I'm having a bad day, my dog's right there to be able to comfort me just as much as I'm there to comfort it. So these dogs have, have helped me to grow from the person that I used to be to the person I am today. What have you learned about yourself being part of this program? <sighs> I've learned that I need a dog in my life. That is one. Um, I've learned that it feels so much better to give back to somebody without expecting anything in return than to constantly be taken and taken and taken in life like I had been before. Um, to see these dogs that have been trained to go to the recipients and to see the smiles on these children's faces. Um, my youngest recipient was six years old and I had a daughter I have a daughter that was just roughly her age. Um, but to see that little girl smile was like seeing my own little girl smile. Um, to know that this dog is going to go to her and it's going to do tremendous things for her. Um, the selflessness that it has taught me 
um, to give back and not to ask for anything in return. What would you say to other inmates who are considering getting involved with a program like this? I would say, don't think about it any longer, just do it. Get involved, stay involved, make that big leap and put everything that you have into the program because what you put into it, you will definitely get back tenfold. And that is, that is the honest truth. As a man who sits here, who has done 17 and a half years in prison and made a lot of mistakes, this program here has given back to me more than I could ever give back to it. And it still gives back to me today. Um, I would say to that person, put your ego and your pride to the side and look at the next best thing. That is what I would say to them. Good. Is there anything else that I didn't ask that you'd like to share? To domestic pups, I'd have to say thank you for the second chance and opportunity they've given me. Um, as I said, this program here has given me the opportunity and the ability to be able to do far more things that I could ever imagine ever doing. Um, to be able to help somebody else and to give me that sense of self-respect and dignity back. Um, this program did that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Hey, I, I got to tell you that, man, uh, hearing that, man, you're an inspiration to me. <laughs> no, no, I mean that with all my heart and stuff. Oh, thank you. And how, how do you look at yourself nowadays? I'm actually able to look at a man or a woman in the eye today and with emotion um, be able to share how it is that I'm feeling or what it is that you know they're going through. Um, I'm actually able to, to walk in the world today with my head up instead of my chin down. Whereas I did before, you know, I, I didn't look at myself as with any worth. And today I see myself as with a lot more worth today. And, and I'm, I have a place in this world today that I see myself in. Um, I know that there is um, a specific reason for me here. I lived very hopeless. And, you know, as an addict most of my life. You know, I can look at people like that today and I can actually feel sympathy and empathy for them. More empathy than sympathy. And I never knew what empathy was before. Um, but I have learned what empathy is today and I'm able to express that and try to pull them people out or at least give them that hand up as people did for me to get me to where I am today. Wow, I think that interview is absolutely amazing. I would like to thank Domestic Pups to allow us to have that interview, um, as I hope that it is impactful on you as it was myself. With that, I want to leave you with a quote from Conrad Lorenz. There is no faith which has never yet been broken, except that of a truly faithful dog. Now, if you have a heartwarming story, 
or a story you think listeners might want to hear, reach out to me. Let's do a quick podcast. Until next time, never let fear be larger than your purpose. Thanks for listening to another episode of Canine Educators to Save a Life. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. Now, what are you waiting for? Get over to canineeducators.com and get certified in pet CPR. You too can save a life. Until next time, never let fear be larger than your purpose.